0: You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today to listen to our podcast. On Sunday mornings recently, we've been talking about Romans and the idea of transforming faith using Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 as the text for our study on the idea that when we put our faith in Jesus, he transforms us. Not only does he justify us, but he sanctifies us and gives us all that we need to be triumphant for living. We'll pick up a Sunday morning. Thanks for listening. Keeps me trusting the Lord. Let's talk about Romans, right? Let's talk about Romans. Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8 is what we're doing, talking about transforming faith. And I want to do a real quick summary of what we've done so far. Romans 5, let's go to that next slide, talks about justification. We dealt with this, that Christ died to make the guilty innocent, right? Adam brought death, but Christ brought life. Where sin is great, grace abounds more. Can I get an amen to that? Aren't you grateful for the grace of God that covers my sin and that I was guilty. Look at your neighbor real quick and say you were guilty. Guilty what? Guilty of sin. We were all guilty of sin and Christ came if we put our faith in him to make us innocent. What an amazing God. Then in Romans 6 so if I'm justified what does that mean now? Now he wants to sanctify me. He wants to use me. He wants to set me apart for his service. It's not just that I'm all I'm I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm innocent now I'm just going to sit around and Wait on Jesus to call me home. No, there's a work now that needs to be done. Where? In your heart. Because you don't look like Jesus yet, and he wants to get you there. That's the sanctification process. We have to know who we are in Christ. We have to surrender. You hear that around here a lot. We have to surrender yourself to Christ. And we serve obedience. We serve Christ. I don't serve sin anymore. What we've established is this is you only, um, let's say it like this, you make sure you do not have to sin, um, that's not the right way to say it, only sin has the power to control you. You don't give it, you don't want to give it the power to control you because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Make sense? Um, you own, sin only has the power you give it. That, there it is. There it is. took me a minute. Slow freight sometimes coming through, right? Sin only has the power that you give it because what do you have? You have the power of God inside of you. You have the power of God inside of you. Somebody's like, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's just the way I am. Not anymore. You're new, right? Does Christ make us new or not? Right? If we're going to start cherry-picking scriptures, let's just shut the doors. Right? Can't do that. We believe that in Christ, old things have Passed away, all things have become new. That's what I believe. And so we walk in that. So, Romans 7, we're talking about the law and sin, right? Preaching on something these days that not a lot of people talk about anymore. What are you preaching on? Sin. People don't want to talk about sin. Sin's offensive. We don't want to deal with it. You know, it, uh, you know, you know can, can I tell you, though, we have to, we have to, we have to talk about it because it's, it's right there right we have to deal with it right we have to talk about it and so we're talking about we're going to talk about sin today amen Did that make you excited so last week come on now you got to help me out today church all right right we have died we have died to the law we established last week right the law doesn't enslave us anymore we now belong to Christ for what purpose to bear fruit to bear fruit so we've been released from the law to serve in the new way of the Spirit. I'm released now. Watch this. Somebody says, well, if I'm released from the law, then, that, then that's, that's an easy life. No, can I be honest with you? That's a harder life. Because can I tell you, you don't have, we talked about last week, you can, you can drink uh, 600 cups of water you can stand under the waterfall. I'll take the waterfall, right? Now, the waterfall can sometimes be overwhelming, right? But that's where I need to be. Christ doesn't want 600 things. He wants them all. He wants all of you. He wants you to walk in obedience. Paul said this, I've been crucified with Christ. So that's not just a bunch of do's and don'ts. I have died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, right, if I'm just doing a bunch of things, that's still me. Not I, but now Christ does what? Lives in me. Christ lives in me. You, then why can't I figure this out? Because you've got to let the Christ inside of you out of you. Can you hear that? The Christ inside of you, you have to let out of you. And anything in your life that's pushing down that Christ from coming out, you got to kill it. you got to kill it. The thing in you that says, no, no, don't let that Jesus out. I want you to be angry. Be bitter. Stay into unforgiveness be upset, be offended, and keep that Jesus down. Because can I tell you, Jesus said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Yeah, I can do that. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. You can't do that. The Christ in you can. Are you hearing that? The Christ in you can. So when you say, I can't forgive them, you are exactly right. But Jesus can, so shut your mouth and let Jesus out stop telling Jesus what he can and cannot do I'm not able to get there come on now are we filled with Christ or not do we have the power of the Holy Spirit or not I happen to think we do can I get anybody to agree that we do that we do have the power of God the Christ the Son of God the Holy Spirit abides in me so therefore I'm gonna start doing things that aren't natural think about that what wouldn't it be great if a bunch of Jesus-loving people started doing supernatural things? And I'm not talking about hanging off chandeliers or just genie kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that. Everybody's looking for signs and wonders. The sign and wonder you ought to be looking for is cleaning up your mouth. Your attitude, that'd be a miracle. Now I'm just preaching. Amen, that's good. And I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself, right? Right? I will tell you what, somebody I used to, if one finger's pointing at you, I got three back at me. Right? So that's the thing. We're looking for signs and wonders on Sunday. It'd be better if on Monday you treated the guy next to you at work like Jesus. That's the miracle. And for some of you like, well, that would be a miracle. Yeah, it would be. So, but, but, that's what don't do we have a miracle-working God or not? We have a supernatural God or not. And that's the thing, we've got a bunch of people who call themselves the bride of Christ, Christians, born again, children of God, acting like everybody else. Upset at gas like everybody else. Pulling their hair out like everybody else. Freaking out about everything else. Panic like everybody else. Are we going to walk by faith or not? Let's walk by faith. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. I'm going to put my hands up on the good days and on the awful days. Because God is good no matter what Speedway tells me. Now that's a T-shirt right there. God is good no matter what Speedway says. Right? Can I tell you? No matter your diagnosis, whatever the doctor tells you, God is good. Can I tell you? No matter what your boss tells you. Hey, by the way, we're going to have to lower your pay. That doesn't change what God is. Doesn't change who God is. A car broke down. gummy, God, he's still good. He's still good. So who changes? You, me, because we've we, we got to let Christ, because you know what Christ says? Walk by faith, not by sight. All things work together for good. But this is a bad situation. It's going to be good if you just be quiet and hold on. He's going to work out. It's either good or it's being used for your good. It's either good or it's being used for your good. So stop kicking the goats, right? The Bible tells us, right, those don't kick the goats and just go with it, right? Hey amen, that's just, that's not even a sermon. Hey amen, that's just good preaching, amen. So, so let's go to this slide that says if I'm dead to the law. Let's move on real quick, okay? We talked about I'm crucified with Christ, watch this. So if I'm dead to the law, what's the point? Then let's just throw our Bibles out. Right, But here's what we're going to talk about, Right, the next two sermons. What's the, what the law does, we're going to deal with 7 through 13 today, and then we'll talk about what the law can't do. So today we're going to talk about what the law does. What does the law do? If I'm dead to the law and I'm dead to it, I'm not tied to it anymore, then what's the point? It still has a point, and we're going to talk about what that is. So let's look at Romans 7. We're going to read 7 through 13. 13, Romans 7, 7 through 13. If you're there, say I'm there. Here we go. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity Through the commandment, watch this, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive from the law, alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive, and I died. The very commandment that proved life, I thought it was going to prove life, proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity, through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? You see what he's saying right there? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what? Is good in order that sin might be known to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. So let's talk about what the law does. Can I tell you, some of you don't like speed limit signs? You're not a fan, you don't like those speed limit signs. In fact, maybe you've got a spouse or someone that says, <coughs> 55 through here, just FYI, you know. I'd rather not pay high insurance costs for the next three years, so if you could just lay off a little bit. There's a cruise control button right there, buddy. That'll help you out a little bit if you'd just do that for me, right? We don't like speed limit signs. We don't like to be told like we walk up to a a, a park bench and it says, do not touch wet paint. I would have never even noticed the park bench if the sign had been there. It'd be best not to even put the sign there because if the sign hadn't have been there, I wouldn't even have thought to touch it. And now that the sign says wet paint, do not touch, I have to touch it. Can I tell you? That's what, that right there, that is the message today. Because the commandment, listen, the commandment awakens sin in me. Paul even says right there, I wouldn't even have known what covetousness was until the 10th until the commandment says, thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet. I can't want other people's stuff. Well, that's all I want now is everybody else's stuff. I don't even want my stuff anymore. You mean I can actually want other people's stuff? I didn't even know that was a thing. But now that I've been told I can want other people's stuff, I do want your stuff more than mine. I no longer want anything I have. I want all y'alls, right? Right, somebody else gets a car, and you're like, I need one. And you just got one. You just got a car. And you're like, but mine's not as nice as that one. Boy, I really want that one. Right, can I tell you, covetousness is that desire. Right, and can I just be honest with you? It is sin. Now, now you might think, and, and I, as I studied this this week, well, what, why covet? There's ten commandments. He could have thrown out right there. Can I tell you why? Because covetousness is an inward sin. To honor your father, your mother, your, right? The thing—it's it's now he's dealing with the tenth commandment of the ten commandments. Deals with your heart. Covetousness. I want something. It's an inner desire for wanting something. Okay, now watch this. So it's also not appreciating what you do have, right? Covetousness is also saying, okay, um, oh, I, some of you, I'm, I'm kind of old. Remember Finding Nemo? Mine? 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 That is an old movie. It's, it's 25 years old, which is not old, I agree. But the kids, it, Briston wasn't alive when Finding Nemo came out, were you? No? Exactly. See? It's old. Well, I'm old. All of us are old pretty much. Anyway, let's keep going. We don't want to talk about that. Finding Nemo. Remember, mine, 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 mine. That's the way you live. Right? Can I borrow your tools? Mine. 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 Hey, can I have some of your Oreo cookies? Your kids. Mine. Mine. Right? You had your Oreo cookies in a wheat fiber box to hide them because you don't want your kids to know you got Oreo cookies. I can't tell you how many times when, when, when Kalina was real little, I'd have something delicious and I'd tell her, ugh, ugh, <laughs> ugh. This is terrible. My face said bad. My heart said, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> you know why? It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. You've let somebody borrow something and you go, mm. It's mine, It's mine, It's mine, It's mine, that's mine, that's mine. That's, mine. That's, mine. That's, mine. That's, that's mine. that's not yours, that's mine, right? And then the other side of that flip coin is I want that. I want that to be mine. Your wife, I want that to be my wife. Your car, I want that to be my car. I wish I had your job. Come on, how many times have you said that? I wish I made what you made. I love it when people tell me, <laughs> this has happened to me multiple times in, in my ministry. People say, I just want to do what you do. You do not. Brenda, they do not, do they? They do not. Yeah. People say, I just want to sit down and read the Bible like you do all day. Hang out at the church. That sounds like fun. You think that's what I do? You think that's not what I do, right? And everybody, because we want, we want things that aren't ours, right? Remember the rich young ruler, right? I, I, hey, 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 Jesus, I've done them all. All the commandments, Jesus, I've done. I have kept them from my youth. Jesus probably could have addressed his pride, number one, right? There's a whole lot of pride in that. But Jesus said, see, I know what your real problem is. Let's go 10th commandment here. And he didn't go into all that. But he said, okay, good for you, son. Way to go. Kept all the commandments your whole life. Good deal. Sell everything. Give it to the poor. Mine. 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 Mine, mine, mine. I've worked very hard for my 401 and my retirement, my boat and my car and my motorcycle. Mine, mine. Jesus says sell it all because you know what Jesus knew? Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew his heart because the rich young ruler thought it was all his stuff. And can I be honest with you? Nothing is yours. Can you hear that? Now that, I know some of you right now are like, wait a minute. I've worked hard for that. It's still God's. It's still the Lord's. If your heart's going to be right, it's God's. Your children, God's. Your clothes, God's. Your lawn equipment, I'm not sure why I said that one, but God's. God's. Your vehicles, God's. Right? Somebody comes over, right? Not that people do this anymore. Got a cup of sugar I can borrow? Right? Whoever does that, what, 1960? Where are we at now? I don't know. Right? Got a cup of sugar I can borrow? My, actually, I don't because in your mind you're like, I got a cup of sugar, but it's mine. I gotta need it for something later. We hold on to our things, and and right there, Paul's saying that we didn't even know what was in our heart until what it does. It reveals the law. Can I tell you? The law reveals your heart. The commandments of God, the law of God, reveals your heart. In fact, can I tell you what? You don't. A lot of times, people don't want to read the Bible, right? Because they think, or you've heard people say this, (coughs) the Bible contradicts itself. No, it just contradicts you. It just contradicts you. Well, you know, I read the Bible more, but there's just so much, it just contradicts itself. No, because you don't like to read it because it tells you you're a sinner. It tells you you need God. It tells you as you open up the mirror of God and you see Jesus jump off the pages of the book, remember the Word of God. He became flesh and dwelt Among us. So as you open up the pages, you can't help but read the Bible and see Jesus. And as you see Jesus, you get convicted. So what do you do? Put that book up. I don't want to undo that. Because I'd rather live a mind, 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 mind kind of attitude. I'd rather just live, right? I don't like speed limit signs. I want to go. This, hey, 55? Why is it 55 through here? That doesn't even make sense. Well, I don't understand. There's a road at our house, 30 miles an hour. Pfft. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. 40 I go. Sometimes. Right? And that's where the police hang out. They know. I think the police know we're sinners. And they know where you'll be tempted to sin. They're called speed zones, right? speed traps, right? They put you through that. They're like, oh, oh, "Oh, we're gonna make it thirty, and they're gonna go fifty, and we're gonna make our we're gonna make our budget this year, right?" That's what, right? That's how it works. Because we 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 want to go in the opposite way. We can't help it. It's just what it draws. So first thing, let's go to it real quick. What the law does? The law teaches. It teaches us what sin is. What we just talked about, right? It teaches us what sin is. He goes, I wouldn't know. Yes, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Now, I think an interesting thing, beginning in verse 7 and to the rest of the chapter, in Romans previously, in 5 and 6, he's going, you, 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 we, 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 you. And then in 7, he goes, I, I. Paul now lets you inside his life, and his heart, and he makes it personal. I would not have known what sin is. You know, the next sermon we'll talk about the idea that he says, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I do. Oh, God, I need your help. Right? If you just read Romans 7 and be done, it'll be quite sad. Thank God for Romans 8, because the victory is in Christ Jesus. There's victory coming. But we got to deal with this thing called sin. We've got to deal with it. Second thing he says, he says, the law wakes up my sin. In verse 8, but sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of, of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. Now, don't think right there it still means, well, if it wasn't for the Bible, I wouldn't even be a sinner. No, we're still sinners, right? Because of Adam, we sin, we're born into sin. But it becomes, it becomes, you become aware of it. When I say become aware of it, now it becomes active in you. Now you can do something about it, right? Hey, the reason I look a mess this morning is because my mirror is broken. I didn't even look. Well, uh, you should get that fixed, cause you look awful right now. Yeah, I just rolled out of the bed and came to work this morning. Yeah, we know. It's clear. Guess you skipped deodorant too. I mean, what what are we doing today? We giving up? We just quit? Right? I mean, I, I mean, you got to know which direction your hair goes, even if a mirror's not there. Right? Come on, do something. Right? Anybody ever had a teenage boy before? Come on now. Like really? It's like that today? We're going to walk out of the house looking like that? Yeah. Okay. It's good to have that kind of self-confidence, I guess. Right? Right? That's, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Right now, I'll let you in my house a little bit. All right, so, the law wakes up my sin. Now, I think this is interesting because I, this word in verse 8 is important. But sin, seizing An opportunity through the commandment. Now, when the Bible talks about an opportunity, it is literally talking about a military base of operation. It is the place that things get started. Battles begin in opportunities. All the devil needs is a what? Opportunity. All he needs is somewhere to set up camp in your life. All he needs is one thing. Oh, I'm looking for an opportunity. Sin is looking for an opportunity to set up shop. How many times have you said something like this? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm done with, I don't know, little Debbie cakes. I'm done. Little Debbie is dead to me. And then you had one Swiss cake roll and it awakened. Something inside of you. And now you can't. All you needed was one opportunity. Right? Somebody passed you a zebra cake. I know my little Debbie's, by the way. i just tell you. (laughs) My parents thought little Debbie was the greatest thing next to Jesus, I think. so, So all of a sudden now. You've awakened something in you, and all of a sudden, now all it took was one opportunity, and now you can't stop. Does that make sense? So you've got to, as Barney Fife would say, nip it in the bud. You've got to nip it. When sin comes, nip it. Don't let it come. Just one second. As soon as somebody pops up and says, hey, uh, what do you think about Gary Johnson? He's a weirdo, isn't he? Ooh, what am I going to do right now? What am I going to do right now? You're going to nip it. That's my brother in the Lord. I love him like a brother. He's, oh, you have a problem with Gary? He's standing right over there. Let's go talk. That'll nip it right now. If anybody ever has a complaint against your pastor, say, let's go talk to him right now. They'll, always, they'll be quiet real quick. Or they'll run. That's good, too, either way. Right? You understand? you got to nip it. Right? How do you, how do you get rid of the little Debbie Cakes? You get them out of your house. You don't buy them. You avoid that aisle at the grocery store. You've got to do whatever you got. I can't tell you how many people I have told in the years of counseling, I said, you can't handle the Internet. Cut it off. You can't handle the Internet. You're going to have to get rid of it. But what, but what if I want to check? Uh, uh. What would you do 30 years ago? You made it okay. You'll be okay. Right? When the devil shows up at your doorstep and rings the doorbell, you say, get out. Pretend like he's selling newspapers or something. Get out. I got time to talk about bug control in my yard. Leave, please. I don't have time for this. I'm not listening listening to you badger me any longer. He knows your weakness, and he'll come, and you better get him out. You better get him out. Not one opportunity, not one place. All he needs is one shot. He just wants to come in. He just wants one opportunity. And so you've got to make sure you stop him. Don't give him any opportunity. The law wakes up my sin. The third thing it does, it brings frustration. It brings frustration and death. Look at this right here. Oh, let's see here. Verse 10 and 11 here. It says, the very commandment, That promised life proved to be death to me. Galatians 3.21, it's not on the screen, but listen to this. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. So can we get righteous through the law? We cannot. For hundreds, thousands of years, people tried to get righteous through the law. And did it happen? No, it never did. And so it built up a frustration in us. That I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, I've done the law. I don't understand. I feel so frustrated. I've killed all these animals and I've done all these commandments, and I'm still not holy. And Jesus says, now you're where you need to be. Now you're where you need to be. Because you cannot be righteous, but I'll be righteous for you. Put you, give it to me. Right? Can I tell you you what the Old Testament tells me? I need a savior. I need a savior. Right? Right? Even Jesus said, to sum up the Old Testament, love the Lord your God, just love. And then do what? Love your neighbor. He didn't say anything like, hey, yeah, the Old Testament means you got to do a bunch of stuff. The point of it is to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then guess what? Can I tell you something? To realize you can't save yourself. You can't. People say all the time, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be okay. You'll be a good person and you will not be okay. If there's anybody in the room today that thinks you're going to be okay by being a good person, you are deceived. You will only be okay by putting your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, (laughs) repenting of your sins, and turning towards him. That's the only way. That's the only way. That that is the only way. Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So that frustration. So we've talked about this several times. What does sin produce? What does the law produce? Death. It's just death. Sin produces death. I have a problem. I have a sin problem. What am I going to do with all this sin? I've tried to get myself right. I can't do it. I've tried to obey the law. I can't get there. I've tried to go to church. I've been to church my whole life, Jesus. Depart from me. I never knew you. That is a reality for people. That is the scariest verse in the Bible to me. That people will stand before God. I preached, I sang, I went to the hospital, I did all these things for you. Jesus, I did all these things, but you didn't know me. You didn't know me, it was just work. you're just working. You're just working, you just working you did not let me save you. You didn't give me your life. You didn't trust me. You just did a bunch of stuff. Just did a bunch of stuff. Depart from me. Hey, can I tell you, you cannot save yourself. You cannot save yourself. You have a problem. The problem is sin. The only solution is Christ. Can I get an amen? You have a problem. The problem is sin. You were born with it. You still have it. It eats you up. You're rebellious. You're wretched. You got all this junk in you and the only solution is to take all that horribleness to Christ and Christ says I got it I'm put on the cross I already died for that Now here's what I'm going to do I'd like to take your sin and I'll give you my righteousness. What do you say? What do you say? What? What? I'm bringing you my trailer and you're giving me a mansion? What? It's not even a trailer. It's a terrible leaky tent. That's all I got, Jesus. Why? Why would you want my tent? Why would you say, come live in my house and I'll live in yours? What? That doesn't make sense. And Jesus said, because I love you. Now, a parent, right? Right? parents are like yeah I get that you don't get it to that level but you can kind of relate to that when your child's like I need something you're like yeah let's go I want to help you I love you I'm here for you but to think that I could come to Christ with my sin and he goes I'll tell you what you put your faith and trust and hope in me and you repent from those sins And here's what I'll do I'll give you my righteousness take off that dirty filthy rag jacket you got on take mine take my robe of righteousness where he's imputed to me his righteousness so what i do with that you know what i do with that i say thank you i say thank you and then you know what else I'll say after that whatever you say boss whatever you say you going to do that for me i'll do anything you say jump done you say move done africa no problem you want ties? No big deal. Oh, you don't want tithes? you want it all? No problem. I got you that too. Whatever. Whatever, Jesus. It's whatever, Jesus. Look what I'm wearing. Look where I'm living. Right? And you think this life is good, wait till the next. Hey, can I is it okay if I'm envious of Fred Bishop today? Is that okay? Right? Hey, he got the better end of this deal. Right? We're still here, but one day. One day. The Bible says my faith shall be sight and I will behold him and see him, the Lamb of God. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue gathered together and what will it be about? It'll be about the Lamb of God slain from the the foundation of the world who gave me his righteousness and I gave him my filthy rags and what am I going to do for all eternity? Thank you. And I'm going to eat and I'm going to dance and I'm never going to sleep. It'll never be nighttime. I never have to worry about, mm, I didn't sleep very good last night. Is anybody else at that age right now? Like a good night's sleep. You're like, hallelujah. You wake up and worship because you put six straight hours together. You're like, hallelujah, you, God, thank you, Jesus. Right? Right? Just thank God for six hours. I didn't go to the bathroom for six hours. Thank you, Jesus. I made it! I made it! I, made it. <laughs> I tell y'all stupid stuff. I don't know why I do that. Y'all don't want to know that. And, 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 and can I tell you that to 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 be able to worship the Lamb of God forever and ever, and and to just rejoice and to rest in Him, man alive, man alive, man alive. See, some of y'all are like, well, I hope the worship was good today because I really don't feel like it. No, it's because you just you you blind. You're blind. You have forgotten what Christ, you forgot where you live. Right? Right? Because sometimes when you live in the mansion too long, you think you deserve it. (laughs) Never forget the tent you came out of. Never forget the leaky tent you used to live in. When you you take that gold plated shower. Never forget, right? When you pray and you say, God help me. You get to just say that, and the blood of Jesus says, "Gun, God, I just heard that prayer. I heard you. You got, you got through. You just spoke to the God who threw the universe in space. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's not your. Right. You have no rights. You have no rights. I'm just preaching. Good preaching day. Hey, Amen. It's good stuff, right? And so, never forget where you came from. So when it's time to go, James, is like, hey, let's worship God. We'll see. We'll see. I we need a song list. James would put out a song list, then I'd be more excited about worship on Sunday. I mean, just stupid stuff. Aren't we, aren't we petty? Aren't we petty and sinful and fleshly and just, just dumb about stuff like that? Can you come in? Can you come in shouting? I took a shower and go play shower this morning. Well, praise God. In him I move and breathe and have being. God got me up this morning. Praise God. Praise God. God gave me being. He gave me breath in my lungs, and he's worthy. he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. The law brings frustration and death. Let's go to the last one. So to go to that third one for those of you who are writing it down. The law brings frustration and death now. Hope you wrote that down quick because we're moving on. All right. And then finally, the law reveals my inner sinful self. It reveals who I really am. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through that which is good. So, let's go to that next slide. I want you to see this real quick. So, the law is holy, it's righteous, and it's good. Can I get an amen? It's good. Your Bible, the scriptures, it is good. So, what's the problem? Me. The problem is not the speed limit sign. The the problem is your foot. The problem is not, well, they shouldn't even have that rule. Well, they do. So, follow it. The problem is you. See, this is where we don't like to admit this, though, right? Right? Because here's what we do. I'm going to sin, and I'm going to explain to you why I need to sin right here. I'm going to give you my justification. I'm going to give you my excuse, and then you'll understand. See, the reason, the reason I stole that money from work is because they're not paying me enough. What? See, the reason I cheated on my wife, see, she wasn't giving me enough attention. Lame. The reason, you know, if you just, the reason I read my Bible, you know, it just, it's, it's kind of difficult to understand. Stop just fine. The reason I mean, I'm picking on Gary. The reason I mean to Gary Johnson, you have no idea what he's done to me. Could care less. Doesn't matter. That person this, this person that, this person that, this person that. Hey, if Jesus can hang on the cross and say, Father, forgive them, I think we have some work to do. Especially if I'm going to be like Jesus, right? We have some work to do. So we can't sin and then give an excuse. Hey, the reason I watched that terrible show on Netflix is because there was nothing else on. Well, how about looking at a blank screen? Or pulling your Bible out? Or something, something, let's not sin and then justify it. The problem is me. It was sin producing death in me through what is good. The problem is me. So what do we got to do? I put it kind of small, but I think you can see it. Take responsibility. Well, you know, it's somebody else's fault. Nope, it's yours. Well, officer, you don't understand uh, the reason I was speeding. Don't care don't care. True story. I'm flying up to downtown Indianapolis years ago to see somebody who's dying. I get pulled over. I explain to the officer, sorry, sir, I'm a pastor. I've gotten bad news. The family, he's like, don't care. Wrote me a $250 ticket. Don't care. I have a responsibility. You have to be responsible, right? You can't say, well, the reason I'm this way, pastor, the reason, the reason you should stop talking right now is you need to repent, You need to fix. You need to deal with it. And we gotta stop saying things like, I'm just that way. I'm just that way. It's just the way I am. Just who I am. Got a left foot. I'm on speed limit a lot. Some of y'all are getting convicted, I hope. Uh, You know, I just uh, I I just am that way. I just, you know, I don't agree with this, or I don't agree with that, or I don't understand that, I don't understand that. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna disrespect authority because I don't agree with the authority. Who gave you that? Who gave you permission to do that? Who gave you permission? Who gave you permission to disrespect authority? All authority comes from God. The heart of the king is in the hands of God. That's the Bible, right? So we, we have to do what God's called us to do. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But it doesn't matter what you agree with. We have to do what God says, right? And we have to align. Taking responsibility is this, right? I, I have to do what's required of me, period. I didn't agree with the... Uh, uh, you put, I had somebody do this with me at school recently. You know, hey, you put five questions on the test. You didn't tell us it was on the test. Did I tell you I would tell you every question? Are you not responsible to know the material I told you? Do, do, do I owe you? Well, you didn't say we would have to know these five things. What's that got to do with anything? You don't know them, do you? Well, no, not my problem. You understand? Well, that doesn't seem very compassionate, Right? That doesn't seem very loving, right? But at the same time, we, we, we do that to God all the time. We do that to each other all the time. This is the reason. This is the excuse. This is why. Hey, you know what we ought to do? We ought to just say, God help me. God help me. God help me. Not to, not to justify my behavior, but to do what you've called me to do. Let's all take responsibility, amen? And then lastly, we'll be done with this. Look, look what... So don't run away from the word of God. Look at this mirror real quick. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. So can I encourage you something? Don't run away. Don't run away. Don't run away from the Bible. When you read the Bible and you're like, oh man, what a mess I am. Yep, yep, just own that. Just own that. It's going to be okay because Jesus loves you. Let your great desperation and your great need drive you to a great Savior. And and you might simply be like, God, you got to help me. God, I need your help right now. Whatever, fill in the blank. Whatever the sin is. God, it's right in my face, God. i got to do something about it. Yes, do something about it. Do something about it. God, help me. God, help me. Get into the Word. Let the Word. Let me just challenge you with this and I'll be done. It's my final closing, right? I say that a lot. Let the Word of God rip you apart. And then do something about it. Do something about it. Let the Word of God, let the Spirit of God rip you apart. Let it do something in you. Let it reveal something so horrible in you that it frightens you. But you've got Jesus. You've got Jesus, and He will overcome it. The power greater is He that's in us, right? You've got power inside. You've got the Holy Spirit inside. Let the Word of God reveal to you who you are. Remember a couple weeks ago, we brought someone out with grave clothes, right? Remember that? We got to say, hey, you got to deal with the grave clothes. You're new, you have Christ inside, but we have got to take responsibility. And what am I going to do with all these grave clothes? Jesus can help you. Jesus can help you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 Southeast Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.